Hey friend, welcome back to the Street Cred Podcast, helping streetwear fashion brands sell more garments. I'm Elijah Delport, founder of Wink Films and your host for today. This episode features a conversation I had with James Collins, founder of Studio Innate. In just over two years, James has grown his Instagram page from 250 followers to 100,000 followers, sharing design mock-ups and documenting his experience starting a streetwear label. Yeah, you heard those numbers correctly. So, I'm speaking to the e-commerce streetwear brands out there. This episode is for you. Enjoy the show. Hey, James, how you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Why don't you just start by telling uh, myself and the listeners a bit about who you are and what you do? So I'm James. I'm the director of Studio Innate, which is a streetwear-inspired brand. Um, We sell things from mock-ups, fonts, graphic packs that are there to help brands, like streetwear brands starting up. Um, And we've recently gone down the rabbit hole of printing in-house as well, like our own merchandise. So uh, it's a little bit of a loaded beast, but essentially (laughs) it it all boils down to just being in that streetwear niche, really. Yeah, cool. Okay. So can you maybe unpack that a bit more? Go go into some of the details. What's brought you up to this point and how has your business evolved and, and what does it look like particularly for the um, streetwear side of things? So essentially back in the day, um, so, so this all really started a couple of years back. Um, it was just before the COVID thing kicked off and yeah. I'd set myself like a little challenge of posting on Instagram daily when you could post pictures and it would, uh, and people would actually see them rather than it all having to be reels now. Um, so, uh, that was, that was fun. And that was, you know, that was, that was a challenge. I knew it would be a challenge, like posting every single day, trying to think of something every single day. And I started, um, I, I got quite bored of it quite quickly. I started off doing posters and then I really, really got, got bored of that. And, uh, it, became apparent that I had to do something else because I just wouldn't be able to do a whole year mm-hmm. of that. So I started doing some clothing stuff as well. So instead of doing posters, I started designing onto t-shirts and like jackets and stuff like that. And absolutely loved it. It was just so much more me. I've always been massively into like clothing and, you know, like, yeah, there's always, I, I get quite pissed off. There's always a, the dialect. Well, most of the time there's the dilemma that the garment's really nice, but the print is shit or the design shit. <laughs> Or the or vice versa, you know, it's like a really nice design, but it's a junk garment. So yeah, um, that's your designer's yeah, so was, mind, there, I suppose. Yeah, and and I think it's important to just do your very best to get both right, both as good as they possibly can be, you know. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I yeah, and um, and I just enjoyed the process of designing that because I'm a designer. I'm from like graphic design background. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't necessarily been designing clothes for a career. That was my own sort of passion. Um, so I was doing something that I'd always wanted to do rather than um, something that I'm paid to, to do, essentially. So it was, yeah, it was just something that I was just, I was just following a, a passion, really. And um, yeah, designing on clothes and just, yeah, really enjoying it. And some of the feedback was really nice as well. And it's just like people saying, oh, this is great. Can I buy it? I was like, 
and it's more of like a Instagram for me back then was more of a, like a sketchbook or like a notepad. I'm just like sure. throwing stuff out on a daily basis. Yeah. And the fact that people even wanted to buy it or liked it, I was very, very humbled by. So, um, yeah. So that was like an early start of it. Um, really playing around with that. Mm, okay. Yeah. So this is like COVID has just started at this point and you're posting nearly, this is just a few months before. So it's right. The, the virus is out there. The virus is out there flirting <laughs> around with, uh, with mayhem. Um, but it hadn't yeah. been, we haven't been in lockdown or anything yet. That was like a few months back. So this was basically, I started this whole post every day on new year's day. That was like the yeah, start wow. of a new year thing. So I was like, right, I'm going to do that. Um, and that's 2020. Um, and then yeah, COVID came creeping around the corner. Um, and <laughs> it was such oh, a blessing man. that I had started this Be- like it's because all my clients, cause I had my own, you know, I still have, I still do the service-based work, but I don't have to so much anymore. I can be a little bit more selective. Um, sure. we can get into that in a minute, but yeah. at the time I had a little design agency that I was building, doing branding and websites and stuff like that. Um, and they, all my clients phoned up. Uh, literally within like three days and just all either canceled their projects that they had with me wow. or put it all on ice and, or just wanted money back because they knew that they needed to retain their funds, you know, if they were going to be able to feed their families as well as me. So I was yeah. completely hung out to dry, but you know, there were, there were certain things in place, the, um, you know, like government grants and stuff for small businesses that I was able to use. Um, which was, which was good. It kept it buoyant, but that was going to run out pretty soon. It was, you know, because they weren't that generous. Um, and, um, yeah. And, uh, from there, the only thing that I had to really focus on was that posting every day, you know, that, that everyday posting. And that really did keep me going creatively. And I just thought, you know, this is actually something that I'm, you know, the, the, so it was like I was actually getting quite bored in a way of doing like the service based work, like branding and websites and stuff. It was it was fine, but it wasn't my true passion. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my true passion. It was just a service that I knew small businesses need, you know, like websites right. and branding. You know, they need you know they need that. But in terms of the merch side, I never really kind of pursued that because I was always targeting local companies. So it was um, sure. very refreshing to dive into that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And, and and your service based work was that was that just for like small businesses in general, or did you do Mostly. some things with clothing brands at the time as well? Then no, I would have loved to, but I was <laughs> um, the only reason, the only way I was really because bear in mind when I started this posting every day on Instagram, I had about two hundred and fifty followers, so I was yeah, just wow. like just a just a local guy in my town, just like designing stuff and working for freelance and stuff, working Glad. freelance, working for my own clients, just grinding it out really. And, you know, when, uh, and you had to be a little bit more, you have to take the jobs that come in really. So some, some jobs come in, you, you don't really think it's you. It's a little bit too corporate, but you have to do it because you know, it's going to be a good paid job. So yeah, that was the reason why I didn't necessarily love what I was doing at that time because it was like corporate stuff and a bit sludgy and it's not really my thing, but I would do it. Um, and then I started working with lifestyle brands a bit more and trying to appeal mm-hmm. to those, but then they didn't have like the budgets and stuff. So it was just, right. yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a tricky one, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was, Interesting. Um, and yeah, just, just for reference for listeners. So you, you've, this is in 
COVID or, or what started out before COVID, starting out with, you said, 250 followers and yeah. now looking at, what, 100,000 100, followers, you've grown that to in just two years or so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. And um, Yeah, and I think, um, so when I did the first year of posting every day, I think I got that up to about 25,000 during that first wow. year. Yeah. In the second year, I was just like, right, I'm going to take my foot off the gas a little bit. I've, I've been hammering yeah. this every day. Um, <laughs> I don't really feel like I need to just post something every day. I don't have that um, breathing down my neck anymore. I've earned a little bit of a rest. So I had like some time sure. off. Absolutely. But because I'd found, you know, quite a lot of enjoyment from that, it made sense to just keep going with it. So I did, I didn't post every day, but I posted regularly still and, okay. um, and started building the store up. So. During that COVID, during that COVID lockdown, the first one, um, mm-hmm. this is how a lot of this stuff started, really. So during that first lockdown, I was posting, like I say, designs on garments. And a lot of the garments that I wanted to design on, like coach jackets, um, T-shirts, whatever, I couldn't ever really find the quite like the, the garment cut that I wanted. Like you could find like a T-shirt, right. but you're like, oh, I don't really want to design on that T-shirt or I don't really yeah. like the shape of it, the cut. So I started making my own mock-ups and, um, and I was getting loads of people like messaging me being like, Oh, where did you find that mock-up? And I was just like, I made it myself. And, um, no, and, and I look back and I laugh at it because it's just, you know, they were like, Oh, could you send it to me for free? And I was just like, absolutely not. It's just like, that's madness. Why would I send it to you for free? It's just like my working project file. Yeah, I don't even know right. you. I was blown away by it. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And I had so many people just kept asking me and the, I think, I would never ask anyone that, but the fact that people were asking me that, I was just like, bloody hell. So (laughs) there is an opportunity here that people want (laughs) that because I think there's got to be more people that wouldn't feel obliged to ask that than there are um, that do feel obliged to just say, can you send that to me? So um, anyway, so I just thought, you know what, I'm going to make this available and see what happens. So I put the coach jacket up for, I think, no, I did a couple of others, other ones first. And then I put the coach jacket mock-up up, which is the one I was getting asked about all the time. And people were buying it. And I was like, wow. this is just a mock-up. I couldn't believe they were buying it. And I was just like, fair enough. People want to buy it, they can buy it. And then, um, yeah, yeah. I just and I genuinely quite enjoy that. I was like a bit, I am a bit of a Photoshop geek as well. And I get a little bit too into like the textures and the layers yeah. and the lighting and stuff. So um so I was yeah. happily like making these mock-ups as good as I possibly could. And um, yeah, and you know, the people were, people were liking them and enjoying them and getting good results from them. And that's what it's all about. And um, it was quite nice to, as well to actually share that because, you know, I got a little bit protective before when people initially were asking for that. Yeah. Um, it was actually quite nice um, to share them once I did because I was like, oh, you know, I was seeing the results that people were getting and they were like, oh, thanks so much. The client loved it. Where can I get the garment from now? And I'm like, oh, you, over here, this is where you buy it from um so yeah it's quite quite uh quite good it's quite yeah it was, it was a nice little thing to start with you know yeah it's it's interesting like to see because i mean obviously at this at the start when you weren't selling these mock-ups you had people f- asking to you know where can i get this where can i find it when you weren't even promoting it when you weren't even advertising it and i, I suppose it's a it's a good indicator to say that you're really onto something and for me mm. just points out that you don't have to be like so overly salesy, you know, in, in the way you promote things. Like if you got something good, you know, like people, people will find out where they, where to get it, you know, 
And so, yeah, that's that's really interesting. So, so yeah, you had people asking, where can I find this? Where can I where can I get these mockups? And then, um, yeah, so like, t- talk to me a bit more about that. Like, what were these these mockups, and and how could like say some of these brands that were coming along, how could they use them? So the idea is to make them as simple as possible to use because some of the mockups that you can get are quite complicated and right. you know they have all these various features which are fine but they can be a little bit overwhelming and a lot of people like if you're starting a brand or you're like a, a band that you want to do some merchandise and you don't want to mm-hmm. print everything and hope for the best you know you've got like shitloads of garments like 50 of them and then you want to um you want to you hopefully will sell them. There's no guarantee that you will sell them. So you could be stuck with all this merch, you know, um, yeah. whereas these mock-ups allow you to simply get a design concept, drag and drop it onto your design. It looks so realistic as well. Like real, all, the, all the print effects are all built in. You don't have to do anything. You just literally drag and drop. And it, and people are always just like, oh, you've got it printed. You're like, no, it's it's just a mock-up. And, um, yeah. and it just makes life so much easier for brands that <laughs> – want to test the water rather than just throwing all the budget on a hope, you know, that sure. it will sell. So, um, so then you can run like pre-orders for like a week yeah. or two, get all your orders together. If it's, if you've got like 20 orders, get those 20 orders printed. If you've got 50, great, go and get those printed. If you don't sell any at all, or you just sell like three, just refund them and just say, look, we didn't get enough to secure the, you know, the minimum order. So unfortunately it's going to be a refund or you can have a store credit for the next run that we do whatever you need to do but at least you're not out of cash you know um you know yeah. cash is king when you're trying to start something up and you're being you know smart with your budgets that's true yeah it reminds me back in the day like i i mean this is probably going back a while ago now i had a little brand it was just for fun you know i just wanted to see what i could do but i just i just remember i'd be on photoshop and just get that like the png like uh t-shirt image and just like slap slap the logo on there there's the mock-up i just oh man i think back on that and i just laugh and i meant i wish i could <laughs> hmm. i mean this was all before you had your mock-ups going but man i wish Mate, i had some there. of those yeah you should see some of the stuff i did when i was um <laughs> when i first had a um, when i was at university i was uh a few of my mates asked me to put some designs together for them and stuff. And I look back now and I cringe. I'm like, Oh yeah. God, that is dreadful. Oh, and I was there man. like, like it kind of haunts you. You know, you get like those Facebook reminders of what you said like 10 years ago or five <laughs> years ago. And it's just like, you go onto there and you look and there's like this gallery of these awful looking designs on these awful, oh, no. just flat P, uh, PDF vector sort of t-shirt. Mm-hmm. shapes and it's just like you have no idea what the garment's gonna look like at all and i'm like new merch is dropped what do you think i'm like oh uh, like if i saw that now i'd just be like oh bless him but um, yeah, yeah yeah you know everyone's got to start somewhere and uh and that's the thing i love looking back at that because it reminds you of you know how you know how far you've come and uh, and i think it's good to remind yourself as yeah. well like um you know because you know everyone's human you know and sometimes you have like moments of doubt and you're like what am i doing and you know, you can feel a little bit like, I don't know, everyone's human, right? So you have your moments uh, that Absolutely. are high and you have your moments that are low. And, yeah. uh, and it's good to remind yourself that, you know, every, every step, as long as every step is progressively better, then that's the main thing. That's right. Zooming out, looking at the big picture, how far have we come? Yeah, that's yeah. always interesting to, for me looking at that. Yeah. Oh, I think well, it's but, good to remind yourself of that. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. 
So from my understanding, am I correct in saying that your journey with clothing in business started with these mock-ups? Is that, is that correct? Or were you doing something before then? Yeah. Yeah, essentially. So, um, so like I say, a few, I I posted a couple of designs, you know, like I was doing it every day. So I was just throwing designs together, um, and posting every day, it's quite hard, fast and aggressive in terms of turnaround. So Mm -hmm. there are a few designs I put together and, um, there was one in particular, this, and it was like this off limits thing. It was, it was that, that name was inspired by the COVID thing because we didn't really know what was going on. And it was like a lockdown edition. And, um, (laughs) <laughs> the off limits thing is still on the on the feed on instagram like that that initial coach jacket design yeah but the off limits vibe came from like you know it's like we're all off limits like no one can no one can touch each other no one can speak to each other no one can breathe next to each other you know yeah. so that's where that concept came from and oh, people man. quite liked it you know and they were like oh, i love the font love the you know the name of it love this the vibe um it's 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 almost irrelevant now, but the um, but where it was born was that that state really because I was at an airport when I designed that. I was literally just sat on my laptop, just about to get on a flight. I was like, I need to make some design, and I was just like quite um, quite interested, looking around at everyone all freaking out and stuff. And yeah, yeah, it was it was weird. So this um, so when um, when we came back from that trip, so obviously like we got on the last flight back to the uk before lockdown kicked in yeah so we got in put our passports across and stuff and this guy was like where have you just come from we're like oh we just come from switzerland because we've gone on a ski trip and he's just like you lucky guys you've literally just got back on the last flight they've just closed the border i was like my god this is madness what is going on and there's loads of people stranded out there as well in geneva airport it was crazy and i had like (laughs) i had um just the one kid at the time but i had a son to get back to as well and I was just like, I'm not getting stuck in a country yeah, for like well. four months, no chance. So uh, yeah, we're very lucky, but um, mad yeah. times, <laughs> mad times. Off limits, how relevant, how relevant. Yeah, yeah. So um, so I've yeah. kind of like, I've played with like that as well. I've kind of carried that on a little bit. I've got some beanies that I'm selling still with that. And uh, cool as. yeah, I just quite like it. So it's almost like a little sub brand. It's becoming a way. So yeah. So anyway, initially your initial question of where it started. So um, so I put that together as a design, and yeah, yeah, so people liked that one, and they wanted to buy it, and they were asking where they could buy it. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to run this. Um, so yeah, so I got this that is this out. is this is more than the mock-ups now. This is like a full a product. That was a mock-up to start with, and then I was like, because people had asked to buy it, they showed their interest. I was like, well, I, yeah, I'd like, I'd love to make this. I'd love to make it a real tangible yeah. thing. So um, yeah, so I put it together, got it printed. At, um, a, a business few um few cities away or whatever um and um yeah so it was it was all right it was just i think i just used gildan you know it was just like gildan t-shirts um and mm. the, the print was okay nothing special there's nothing special about it but i was like right. together and i yeah i got that out the door and um yeah and it was nice doing it but logistically it was painful even though i was using gildan and getting a screen print shop to put it together it was a painful experience so i was like oh, i'm not going to do that again for a while what? um can you go into that why was it painful it was just so i had to so i wanted to do a pre-order for that because i didn't want to just throw cash at it you know that was my sure. whole reason for doing mock-ups and giving mock-ups to people was so they didn't have to do that so obviously I'm going to do the same thing myself. So I put these mock-ups together to test the water. And then when it came to actually producing it and came to collecting all the pre-orders, I didn't like just hammering the same thing and selling the same thing all the time. You know, I, I, I like to be a little bit more organic 
in the process of sales, you know, I don't like yeah. that salesy, buy this, buy this, buy this, you know, I'm a bit more like, you know, if you'd, if you're interested, this is where you can get it from, you know, or like, if you like this, then yeah, this is, you know, I'm putting this to print type of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but naturally I was just like, you know, orders ending soon, you know, get your, get your gum, get your orders in for the, in the next three days before this is, uh, you know, gone type thing, you know, buy it now or it's mm. gone. Um, so, um, yeah, and I, I didn't necessarily like doing that sales part of it. Um, so, um, yeah, that was, that was a bit like ugh, a bit of out of character for me. And then when I actually got them produced, they came back and I was like, yeah, they're okay. And, but they're not like, not great but they're fine. Okay. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. So, but, but I knew that if I wanted to actually do this properly, then I'd uh, one day have to do it myself because I think, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you, if you're a perfectionist and you just have a certain vision and a certain style and a certain delivery, sometimes, yeah, you just have to do it yourself because no one will ever believe in your brand or be as passionate about your brand as you are yourself. You can't ever expect anyone to, you know, get that passionate about it because it's your own yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I I've heard that like a few times on this podcast and it seems to just be a common theme that kind of goes all, mm. all the way through. That's know? it. It's like, like no- when, you know, like we've got like um like I say I've got kids. Um and yeah. when we've been asked to look after our mates kids and stuff, you know, they I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we'll look at we'll get them over, we'll look after them, but you know, your kids, they can't, they can do no wrong in your eyes. You're just like, oh, this is okay. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else's kid, you're like, can't wait for them to go, you know? And it's the same oh. in, you know, business in a sense. It's just like, yeah, get this job in, in and out the door. Yeah. Um, and I know that that's the case with print shops as well. Like for me, what I'm doing now that I'm printing everything in house, yeah. for me, I'm happy to spend as much time as I need to get the quality as high as it possibly can you know, as high as it possibly can be. Um, whereas other print shops, they're more like, we need to get a minimum of 500 out the door today, you know, to hit our yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, We've got to get volume, 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 where I'm all about Absolutely. quality over quantity. Yeah. And can you go into that? So so it's it's obviously progressed a bit from that. You go from mock-ups to then that first mm. drop. Uh, you, you say you were, you, you were just, you know, working with a print shop and you're working with screen printers to now where you're doing things in house. So you've obviously yeah. got to the stage where you've, um, invested money into it now at this point from your initial, just like zero investment or little investment. So like, what was there anything in between the point? like any major checkpoints in between uh, your first drop and then to where where you are today doing things in, in-house? Absolutely. And it was during the NFT bubble, you know, when the whole NFT uh, thing was kicking yep. off in like January, yeah. February. Uh, yep. It's like, what are NFTs? What are NFTs? And I was like, oh my God, I need to learn about NFTs. This is the new thing. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I started messing around with like 3D, getting into 3D software and I was making... Okay basically the similar sort of stuff that I was doing on Instagram, but like trying to make some 3d versions of it because like, well, this is the way to go. And I just, I just didn't like it. I was just like, things take too long to render. They're just, it's a painfully slow process. And I was just, yeah, just, you feel you either like it or you don't. And it's like, um, you know, like I used to play music, but now I'm, I don't really, I don't play music anymore or write music anymore. I prefer to listen mm. to music and I get so much more into it. And 
I'm happy just to listen to it. And like with 3D art, I love looking at it. I love like seeing what people have made, but I don't want to make it. And I've come to that realization that I don't need to. So during that stage, I was like, okay, uh, you know, I'm getting into this uh, NFT stuff or whatever. And I was, and I, and and then um, the whole environmental side of it started coming up, like surfacing a little bit, like the concerns about the environmental impact. And mm-hmm. I was like, looking at this, I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, absolutely not. Uh, if this is the case and this is the damage it does to the environment, no way, no way. I don't want to ruin the world, you know, for you know, absolutely for the sake of a JPEG, what no chance. So, <laughs> and I hope that comes around. I hope they sort that out. I know that they're like, they're doing their best to sort that out. But for me, it's just a little bit too aggressive on the environment right now. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to contribute to that right now, but you never know, maybe in the future, if that gets sorted out. But um, yeah, so, so I lost a bit of, I lost a bit of love for working in 3D because I just wasn't getting it. I just wasn't getting the buzz. And then I, mm. the sustainable side of NFTs concerned me. And, um, and then, you know, I was just like, you know, I, why am I, I just want to get away from my desk. I want to actually make something that's in my hands, like this thing on yeah. this thing on the screen, although it's 3d and it's spinning around and I feel like I can touch it. And the textures look so realistic. It's not real. It's still on a screen. And I was keen to get away from the screen. So, um, I was just like, you know, I want to make some, I want to make some more merch, but the problem with getting companies to print it as well, like the, you just can't expect them to deliver that level that you want. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make it. Why not? Why not? And uh, again, I've got the the store ticking along in the background. So I know that that's like keeping things buoyant. So I was like, I'm just going to take a punt at this. I'm going to buy some screen printing stuff and give it a go. Give it a shot. Why not? And yeah. um, and I hadn't really ever done anything on YouTube either before. I'd done a few like tutorials on how to use the mockups, but nothing substantial. So I was like, you know right. what? I'm going to give YouTube a run as well. I'm going to document this because I feel that there will be people that feel my pain. You know, they, they go through, they're going through the same process. They want to start a brand, but they just don't necessarily know where to start or don't have the confidence to, or they're worried about certain pitfalls. So I was like, I'm just going to share the process. And again, it comes back to like the mock-up side of things as well, because it's like, um, you know, the mock-ups are there and the graphic packs and the fonts, they're there for people to use and get an inspiration from. So I was like, this is perfectly on brand for me to continue that inspiration, but evolve it to YouTube and actually sure. making things rather than just digital products. So uh, it was a no-brainer for me at the time. Hey, Elijah here. I'm really interrupting the show to tell you about my mailing list. Every day I send free 60 second read emails used by streetwear brands internationally to sell more garments. To join, visit winkfilms.com slash resources. And don't worry, I don't ask for more information than I need. Simply enter your business email and you're in. Okay, okay, I'm done. Back to the show. I, I'm I'm really curious, James, because you've got you you know, you're sort of doing your design thing. You've got your mock-ups, which are very obviously uh, targeted at um, clothing brands, because I mean, who else is using those clothing mock-ups? And then and then you have your own sort of clothing brand that's emerging. So who who is the audience for your own your your clothes because yeah it's sort of like yeah it feels it's a bit interesting to me yeah yeah and i think i feel the same um i would say 
that it is like designers still like yeah as a designer myself i'm massively into typography i'm massively into like certain things when it comes to design like vector style or techware i quite like techware because it's very type heavy you know mm. it's very graphical whereas like yeah. i don't know like a picture of a skull with a knife for it i'm not that bothered you know i don't or like <laughs> you know roses and stuff don't really care for it whereas like something that's really heavily type-based and vector-based i'm like yeah that's nice that's my vibe um so i guess it, i guess in terms of the audience i haven't necessarily done like a user profile you know like i would if i was doing some branding exercises with a previous client right i haven't necessarily done that i've just kind of trusted in what i do on instagram when i'm just designing things for fun you know i'm just like relying on that really um as a market and and yeah and, and just kind of um again it comes back to the thing i was mentioning earlier about having really, really good quality garments and, mm. you know, and like with the print as well, like I hope people like the print, but for me, like the garments that I'm getting, my God, like they are ridiculously premium premium. So yeah, and I, I can say to people when I sell them to them or when, when someone picks up some merch or some friends that have come and seen the stuff and they've actually like held the garments, they're like, mate, where did, this is ridiculous. This is such a nice quality. <laughs> um, and, and I said to people as well that, um, you know, that have, like friends at a barbecue or whatever like, oh, what's going on with the business what are you doing at the moment i'm like oh, i'm doing a bit of clothing and stuff at the moment and they're like oh yeah interesting and i say to them i'm like honestly these hoodies though and these shirts and long sleeves that i've got in i will put my money on it that they are far better than anything you have in your cupboard like you'd be like jesus christ this is my number one garment now like the quality yeah. like, is important for me to get it as high as possible and um you know when i was like doing the gildan stuff before you know it's just like Gildan, there's nothing unique about that. There's nothing that you can that you can really engrave yourself in someone's memory. You know, like I want another one of those. You know, like if someone yeah. bought something from this latest collection, I'm hoping that they'll come back and they'll be like, I need another one of these shirts because nothing compares to it. You know, the quality, the comfort, yeah. the cut—it's just too good. So that's what I really wanted to get with the with the garments is something that people would come back for, whether it was the design. But the you know whatever the design is, the garment has to be consistently good. Yeah, just just going back to something you said before, when I asked you about who you thought your audience was, I think it's very clear. It, it definitely comes through that your audience is designers. But like an interesting concept that I you know often think about with um, many streetwear brands is like like they need to have like their niche. Like their thing, their, their their subculture, their lifestyle, you know, so that like people, like groups of people, can come and and see this brand and they can like identify with it. And so I I think it, I mean obviously it's been quite natural. Like clothing wasn't the first thing you were doing, but it, it came naturally with the sort of de de uh, the design things and clothing mockups you were doing. But yeah, I think it's really great advice for like a lot of brands out there that don't already have that like that niche like you already had an audience and like it, yeah like like you said like as when you were first you know putting some things out there to the world your audience for that product was already there they were already ready to purchase and i think that's such a like it's such a power move to be able to have that and that comes with like just knowing sort of the the interests and the hobbies 
and the niche that you you're kind of cementing yourself into as a brand yeah and i think like um designers as well like people that either follow the account for you know if they're designers or if they just like design um Mm. then hopefully yeah they'll they are all driven by quality you know and yeah they like that quality they like that finish and you know it's all about the attention to detail and it's always been the case with the brand as well it's always attention to detail so um so I think, yeah, naturally, like if the audience are into that, they appreciate quality, they appreciate detail, and they appreciate the time and effort and and everything else that goes with it. I think, yeah, if they can resonate with that, then hopefully that you know that runs through as the the primary target. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that that's the thing. Like you speak about quality, everything about your brand is is targeting the for the experience to be as enjoyable as possible for the audience because you mm. know and understand being a designer yourself that they appreciate quality they appreciate attention to detail they appreciate something that lasts because this is just the type of personalities that you get and everything about the experience with your clothing that you put out to the world for the target audience that you cater that for is so absolutely your brand and so absolutely meant for them that they can come to your brand buy your clothing and be like yeah absolutely i'm gonna wear this every day of the week if i can you know mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah and it's like you know I've, I've got some hoodies that i bought a few years back and i still wear them it's like my go-to you know yeah. and i'd love to be able to do that you know like deliver that's something it. that's a go-to for someone that's the goal that's it that's it mm. yeah before you mentioned your uh youtube channel and how you sort of documented the process can you speak to me a bit about that and how that has even maybe like sort of what that looks like and and like for those who haven't seen the series that you're doing yeah so so for me i thought one thing i've always noticed because i'm not the first person to do screen printing on youtube i'm not you know or like a streetwear thing on youtube yeah what i've often seen is that it's always the finished glossy version of you know, like, oh, look at this, <laughs> you know, I've nailed this and this is what you should do. And this is, if you want to be a printer, you got to do this. There's no one, or not, I'm sure there are, but I haven't seen anyone who's no, like happily so. failing on the fly and just, you know, being, you know, authentically documenting the process and being like, oh no, this has <laughs> gone wrong. And, you know, and I don't care. I'm not, I don't care. Everyone's human, you know, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone's got to learn. And I've really enjoyed approach approaching it like that you know just being completely transparent and showing people things that are going wrong and um and i think again it just goes to show how doable it is because i've done i think i've done 10 episodes now i'm i've just started the new series as well that's gonna be dropping soon the the new um, series two of it so um so i've done 10 episodes on it and you can see such a progression from those 10 episodes from you know start to finish even with the youtube as well like editing the youtube videos that's that's another thing I've got to learn on the fly as well. You know, I haven't necessarily cut videos Absolutely. or shot videos before. Getting the lighting right, getting the audio right, getting the camera positions, and yeah, because yeah. the first episode I was just filming it on my iPhone, and then I was like looking back, I was like, and I was dragging things out. I wasn't being punchy enough, and then yeah. um, now I'm like cutting it a lot better, and or I like to think so anyway. I I can see improvements myself. Yeah, but learning how to do video and stuff and is yeah, it's just uh a whole beast as well. So I'm learning how to do video, learning how to do screen printing, 
learning about like garments and the right cuts. Um, and yeah, it's so, so spinning a few plates with it and it takes time as well. Jesus Christ. It Absolutely. takes time. Like, yeah. Like you put like a five minute video together. I kind of figured it out. Actually. Someone me, was asking I me like, how long does it take? And I yeah. think for every minute of the video is a day at the moment for me. So if I've got a five minute video, it's a five day turnaround, like in terms yeah. of editing, shooting, no, everything. That involved. sounds about right. Mm. And, and, and just for reference, like how many hours is that putting in a day? Well, yeah. So, so some days I can get a little bit locked in on it. I can like get cracking, um, and start at like, cause I don't like to start too early. I like to get a few things done in the morning, like go and have like a workout sure. or whatever. And, you know, get yeah, a coffee, yeah. walk the dog. Then I've like cleared my mind. I come to work. So I don't start work properly until like 10, 10 30. And then I'll finish up at about mm. five, sometimes, sometimes four, sometimes earlier, but I don't really stop for lunch. I'll just grab something to eat. So I just keep going and going and going and going. And then I look at the time I'm like, Oh shit, I should probably go home and see my kids before they get to sleep. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I, yeah, so I, I don't, um, I don't ever really have like a set routine in terms of the time I spend. Right on design yeah. or or like doing video edits editing or anything i just keep going until i come to a natural halt and i'm like right i think i'm i'm mm. done now i'm overcooking this or i'm gonna go out this with fresh eyes um tomorrow so um or i gotta get back and put the kids to bed something like that <laughs> yeah yeah well that's uh, that's for sure it takes a lot of time i mean as a videographer and editing quite often it's just yeah, man. Trust me. I know, I know, I know, I know. So how long have it's you been crazy. going at it for them? I've been making videos for nine years now. And oh, wow. It, 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 it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this started like, so not professionally for nine years, but this started like back in the day. I'd make just like little movies with my neighborhood friends, you know, and then just yeah, like, it's cool. oh, man, those were the days. Little movies. What sort of movies? Like, oh, just like like we get the Nerf guns and we'd like, yeah, wicked. <laughs> run around on this. <laughs> like, oh, that was so bad. I think I think one time. I mean, do you know you know yeah. Peanuts? Like like no. Charlie Brown and you know you don't no. do you not have that in in in, in London in the UK? Mate, I'm an peanuts? old dude. Maybe I don't know. I'm probably I'm probably oh, too old. Man. Look at me. I've oh, got well, grey hair. I'm an old man. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> well, it's like this. It's it's just like this comic, right? And we right. just do like um. I just I, I remember I got this big book of peanuts comics for my birthday one year and and what we'd do is we'd just like literally make a movie of the comic so like each each square was like a cut and it was oh it's just yeah, a bit yeah, of fun cool. yeah, that's kind of well, how it started it. But well you're following your passion yeah. aren't you though that's it you know you're exactly. doing something that you want to do and yeah. Yeah, and you know, I I genuinely enjoyed cutting the videos. It's a nice process. Yeah, I know, yeah. And when you yeah. watch them back, you're like, oh yeah, it's this. You know, I don't know. It's yeah. again, it's a good thing I found. It's a good thing to do or to have done because I feel like I've put a pressure on myself to continue this. Like with yeah. the clothing, I'm like, I can't just do it one off and then I'm just lumbered with all this gear now. I've like okay, invested yeah. in a few different variables to make sure that I keep going. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's been good for that, I think too. Yeah. So because your audience is designers and you, I mean, I suppose with the type of content you're putting out there on YouTube, I mean, the whole series is called, what, what is, is it starting a streetwear brand? Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 So it's very much catered to 
like the type of people that are watching it are designers. So do you think that having that um, series has contributed to um, some of the success of your clothing? Some like the sales, do you think sales have come directly from there? People have watched the videos, learnt about your clothing, found out, oh, hey, I'm a designer. I have a streetwear brand. Mm. I also like this guy's clothes. I'll buy from that. Like, has anything like that yeah. occurred? Do you know? Potentially. I don't know. There are some people that have placed some orders and I recognize their names popping up from previous, yeah. say, like previous drops. Because I, I did a drop with a really nice garment about six months ago or maybe like nine months back. And the, yeah. yeah, it's probably about nine months ago, actually. And the, the, the garment is the garment I'm using now. It's really good, but the print wasn't great. You know, I was like stretching it and it was all cracking. Like they hadn't done it that well. Um, and right. um, This and is before you were I'm, printing yourself? Yeah, and that was one of the main yeah. reasons as well. I was just like, Jesus, like this, I've paid for this job to be done by a professional company. I'm not <laughs> going to name any names, but, you know, like it's... <laughs> It's uh, just like you expect so much better, right? And um, yeah, and absolutely. it's just like curing the ink properly. Like it's like, guys, come on, cure the ink properly. You know, um, yeah. what you know, just need to get that done. You need to make sure that that's good. And I've gone to town on that. I've like made sure I've got mine as, <laughs> as solid as it can be because I don't want that happening. No one complained about it, but I just know that it's it, like the previous ones just weren't as good as they possibly could be. And I was like. I just wanted it to be as good as it could be. You know, I wasn't really happy just to like let it slide. That sort of that sort of shit bugs yeah. me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, um, sorry, I kind of swerved from the initial question. What was the initial question? I got, I, I, I swerved back um, <laughs> about the about the previous stuff. I can't remember why. Yeah, I, I think we were talking about your uh, YouTube channel. Whether um, you thought that if you could pinpoint whether you think any sales have come from that since it's targeting it. designers. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So in terms of that, so I noticed some loyal people coming through that had ordered the previous one and they, you know, the fact that they'd come back and ordered again, you know, it's very, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's good to know that they've come back and ordered again, even though I was like, I'm not as happy with that, but what I've given them now on this new drop, I know it's so much better. So hopefully I'll be like, wow, yeah, this is a notable improvement. Um, and uh and yeah and it's because i've done it all in-house and i've just quality checked it you know so i'm super proud of what's going out um and in yeah. terms of who's actually buying stuff um it's hard to tell where they've come from i don't necessarily yeah, have the data so. of tracking where they've come from but i would like i'd like to think that that they have either watched the youtube or i know that the, it's interesting actually because the youtube stuff is probably more catered towards people that want to do it as well they're, they're, they're okay. interested like, like in, in doing merch themselves not necessarily a customer they're more like i want to do the i want to do a brand too so i don't necessarily expect them to buy anything yeah yeah um, if they do that's great but those guys are actually more interested in the defects so i dropped like a little idea of doing like a defects range and the idea being that i've printed loads of stuff that is just sub substandard you know, I I don't want to sell it. You know, it's like the print has slipped slightly or like it's bled out a little bit. I'm like, oh, I can't use that. I can't sell that. But I could discount it. So I was thinking of doing like a defects range. And uh, the people that watch the series um, yeah. are far more interested in buying something that is like, and if anything, they're more interested in the ones that are really, really bad. You know, just like I've got some prints that are just so tragic. 
and uh, like some of the first ones that I did, and they're like, I want that one. I'm like, what? I'm like, you're having a laugh. Why do you want that one? That's awful. And they're like, yeah, but it's the first one. I'm like, if you want it, you can have it. I'll have to go and dig it out of the bin, but yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I got yeah. like, and just to practice the print technique, I printed on like loads of, um, I cut a, because I didn't want to just keep hammering T-shirts and T-shirts and T-shirts. So I cut up sure. a bed sheet into like little squares and printed on that. And uh, people were asking about them, getting those little things. I was like, yeah, you can have them for free if you want. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's an interesting thing, go. but I need to be careful with that because I don't necessarily want to release the defects because that goes against everything I'm right. for, you know, like I want to release quality. Yeah. I don't really, I don't know if it's a good idea. I teased it the other day and I was like, you know, when you've got that gut feeling that this probably isn't a good idea to release like defects, yeah. right? like stuff that's yeah. like a little bit, not, not great, but it's not like tragic, mm-hmm. but it's just not great. And, um, sure. It, it it's could just draw, niggling draw away at me. away from the point. I think, yeah, it's just niggling yeah. away at me that it's probably not the best thing to do. So, um, so, it, but it's the thing. I'm, I'm happy to be transparent about it. Happy to learn on the fly, and I'll document that in the process of doing the YouTube as well. I'll say that I thought about this, and I've actually, on reflection, thought that it's probably not a good thing to do. So I wouldn't advise yeah. it. You know, I'll just give them to charity, and you yeah. know. If, if they get out and like a charity makes money from it, that's good for good enough for me. I'll happily take the loss on the garment. It's just annoying because they're really expensive. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. So right. I'm like, oh, I don't want to be ruining these. And But it's all part of the process. But if I give them to charity, at least it's going to a good cause. Yeah. You know, I've I, I just had a thought. And it like, I suppose, yeah, like a lot of brands have their like about us or about me or about you know like they kind of talk about the brand and stuff look i I just thought your your series about starting a streetwear brand for many people that come along say hey i like this guy's clothes i want to learn some more like who is it who's behind the brand like how does how do they do it you know i i think it probably your series as much as a resource as for education for other brand owners acts as that kind of about your brand for those that are actually intrigued or interested in buying. And and that's really interesting to me because like you've got a great resource there that's like building that loyalty because I mean, you know, if, if there's a story attached behind what you do, that's really sharing the purpose and why what you're doing. And like, like you keep saying, you keep using that word authenticity, that's yeah. what builds those That's loyal key. customers. That's what builds those loyal customers. So, yeah, as much as it is that educational resource, I judge it's also like one of the major things. Mm. I mean, I get you can't really pinpoint it, but look, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. You know, is it's there for I people think, also that come along? Yeah, and I think I think if you're not prepared to be authentic, you're just making your life so much harder. Like, mm. why be a bullshitter? Just be yourself. And yeah, if it floats, it floats, but yeah, it's too much hard work. Like if, if you want to, <laughs> I don't know, pretend that you're some sort of saying that you're not, that's only going to eat up your mental health. Just, yeah, just be yourself and accept who you are, accept what you're doing, be prepared to fail and learn from it. That's the most important thing to me. And, and again, with that YouTube series, I just felt like it was just so much more just such a better message to put out there in terms of, you know, like if, if someone's done, so, done like a, their own prints or they're trying to do it themselves or they want to do it on a bit of a budget, they're like a bit nervous about committing fully financially, whatever. Mm. Um, 
hopefully by watching some of the stuff and by watching me fail, they'll be like, that's fine. Hopefully they can learn from those mistakes that I'm making and they won't make the same ones, but also they'll make their own mistakes and hopefully they'll think, yeah, that's fine. So it's, it's fine to fail. Um, and I want to get that message across, you know, yeah. cause I think, um, I think it is an important one because I know that I felt like that. I was just like, Oh God, I'm looking at this. And, and again, it's like, is this the right message to be putting out there? And I was like failing and I was like printing stuff and it looked dreadful. I was like, Oh my God, this is bad. Um, <laughs> you know, is this the right message to put out there? But I'm like, yeah, absolutely it is because everyone's human. Everyone's, you know, everyone makes mistakes. Absolutely. But it's all about fixing the mistakes and making something as good as it can be. Nothing is just bang on from the first time. Yeah. And sometimes it is if it's a total fluke, but nine times out of 10, if not 99.99 times out of 10, <laughs> it's uh, everyone, everyone has to go through a bit of a learning curve, you know? So it's a steep, if you, steep if you can curve. even have 0.999 of a time yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah no but yeah it's absolutely it's it's like acknowledging the flaws that like mm. people will see anyway even if you don't acknowledge them it's acknowledge them that builds that trust with the customer and you know i mean you've you've got a whole business i mean sort of you know it's 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 you know you got your business but it's sort of like two businesses i suppose because you got your mock-ups and you got your clothing itself and it's like people that you know watch the clothing videos and learn something from that they'll buy your mock-ups and they appreciate the authenticity from there because they can relate with you they can identify with you and it feels so real like you're Mm. just a real person behind it all and they can like you know people can trust that and people that are looking at buying your clothes as well you know i mean they they know you haven't got it all together and because I mean, no one has it all together. And for you to be so vulnerable in sort of sharing that experience when you could just say, man, I like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Like, I know, you know, like they can also relate to that as well in like their own areas and in, in design and that as well, I suppose. No, that's Which good to hear. Great. And um, yeah, I appreciate that because, yeah, there's, yeah, it's very much, um, again, you know, that authenticity and just trying to be more human you know that's always been my thing it's just like be more human absolutely you know, when it when it was like with brands you know i was helping people build brands before i was all about making things as human as possible so they can connect yeah. with humans so that's um, right and with the yeah, with the brand like having the mock-ups and everything like the digital side of it and then yeah. now doing the clothing as well it does um I, i'm still in two minds of whether i will separate them but at the yeah. moment i'm keeping them together to kind of test the water with it um, mm. but yeah, it's, um, it has crossed my mind whether I should separate them out a little bit, um, keep yeah. the digital side of the business going there and then branch off and do the, the clothing stuff separately. still undecided, but, um, but in the meantime, I'm just going to keep it as it is. And then if I feel like it organically, you know, goes in its own direction, yeah. then I will facilitate that. But at the moment, yeah. I don't feel the pressure to. Yeah. Cool. James. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, like on on that, like at the moment, it's all under the, you know, the your Instagram studio, innate. Um, I want to I want to talk a bit about. I mean, you spoke about how you had that whole journey posting daily on your Instagram, but maybe specifically with your clothing, how you've utilized your audience of a hundred and six thousand followers and or you know before then what's you know how you've kind of built it to 106,000 and it kind of yeah how you're using your audience how you're using social media with your your clothing brand well essentially 
the YouTube thing, I didn't do it for this reason, but now I've been doing YouTube, I've got a big chunk. Like that's the big mother beast of the content. Then with like now right. Reels being like the Instagram front runner, yeah. I've got short to- short form content that I can slice out of that, which is standard practice. Everyone knows that that's a good Sweet. strategy. So I'm doing yeah. that, you know, I'm t- taking the the short form con- content from, from there and chucking it into the Reels. Um, and then just like with the Reels as well, like, I know a lot of people hate them and they're like, oh, I forced into doing reels and everyone's a little bit more stubborn on that, which I understand um, because yeah. number one, it's out of most people's comfort zones um, to start doing video or they're just like, well, I just want to do stills and I get that. But for me, I was just like, well, if this is a, you know, this is like a thing, I'm happy to explore this as like a new opportunity. Absolutely. Um, you know, to like, I don't mind the reels, you know, it's like, yeah, I do miss doing just static posts, but. I kind of get why Instagram's doing it in a sense, you know, with like having videos like a front runner, front runner, because I know that it's more entertaining. I think everyone does. Like if you're yeah. the sort of guy, you know, I, I I know I certainly do it. Like I'll zoom in on, you know, people's static images that they posted and I'll appreciate it. But something yeah. about, there is something about video that is more engaging. So it only does make sense to prioritize that, you know, from Instagram's point of view. Mm. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah, so I've approached it with that, like having the big YouTube thing, slicing it up into short form content, and then, um, yeah, and just doing that really, just trying to make my life a little bit more easier, and um, the, the whole process a little bit smoother as well, really. Um, Absolutely. And then, yeah, and, and you can you can chuck that sort of stuff on TikTok as well. Like I'm not necessarily that active on TikTok, but I can easily just chuck what I've made as a reel on TikTok, um, and that's um, right, you know, just. Just yeah, because that's the thing. Like when Instagram and Facebook went down that day, you remember that? It was just like you just never think that day is gonna happen. And then it did. Yeah. And it went down for like, what was it, like a day or two? And it's like just goes to show how vulnerable you are if you just rely on one oh social media goodness. network yeah. for your advertising. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, it, this makes no sense to just put all my eggs in Instagram's basket. I'm gonna start doing YouTube. I'm gonna start putting stuff on TikTok as well now. And um even Behance, I need to sort of brush up on there. I haven't used that in years. Um, hmm. And and it's an interesting one as well, going back to like people demanding that static Instagram experience to come back, like just the images. There's huge opportunity for Pinterest to become that new social media platform yes. for just stills. But it's like, why are they not doing that? They should be eating that opportunity up. That is a <laughs> massive opportunity for Pinterest right now. And they're just doing nothing about it. Like, they could make that a really engaging social platform and so could Behance as well for creatives because creatives are, you, are, are you screaming for it. Yeah, but I don't really use it. That's the thing. There's right. no, nothing drawing me there to use it because there's no social experience. There's no like, pe- there's no people on there that you can bounce back and have genuine like conversations with or like, That's the thing, hey. you know, exactly. So if, if Pinterest can bring in that audience that are happy to be social um, rather than just go in there and treating it like a library, um, they can actually engage and make it a social platform. Yeah. I think that could see Pinterest shoot through, shoot through the roof. Yeah, but you never know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, P- Pinterest is such a big topic. Yeah, I, I, I want to go into that, but I, I just, I thought it was so interesting what you said about not putting all the eggs in one basket, hmm. because like, the thing is about e-commerce. Uh, fashion brands 
is it like i mean it's so it's so easy to start a, a fashion brand today like i mean i mean comparatively to where you'd have to go like if you wanted to start a business in the past it'd be like okay we're gonna set up shop this is where we're located this is the address you know mm. and you got to pay for rent or whatever like you have an in, you have a social media account nowadays but like that's the thing it's it's absolutely the foundation of these e-commerce streetwear brands now and because and, without instagram without social media they would be nothing it's where 100% yeah. of the sales are coming from. It's where 100% of the audience is coming from. It's where 100% of the awareness is coming from. So that's absolutely the thing. Like it needs to be spread out uh, mm. to, you know, Instagram and TikTok and wherever else. Yeah. And, and if that, you want to build a brand, you've got to get that personality of the brand across. And I think that's what <sighs> social media accounts are so good for because it's a, an opportunity and a platform for you to broadcast the personality of your brand, the human side to it. And I feel like it's been a good thing as well. For And I, um, with doing YouTube and putting my face behind it and like people have yes. messaged as well saying, it's nice to see you. Like I didn't, I like, followed the brand for a while, but never seen a human behind it. But now I can see you and get an idea of who you are and what you're all about. And like the, the you know, the, the want for quality. Um, it kind of matches up, you know, and, um, and, and, you know, personal brands are always, you know, I've always kind of looked at them like the, you know, the whole debate of personal brand versus like some corporate thing that's yeah. uh, faceless in a sense. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, so I think it's, uh, I think it can only do good to get yourself on YouTube really. Um, absolutely. Anyway. And it, and it proves well just even from a convenience pra or a practical standpoint, if brands are wanting to spread content out across um, platforms, having that sort of that main long form content as a source for that, yeah. And I think I mean you've got you've got a pretty good idea of what your long form content is, and I think that's come quite naturally just ha with you down the many different alleyways that you are with um, clothing and design and things. But I think, yeah, there's brands out there that struggle or maybe even fail to consider how they could utilize long form content like this, because I mean, in their heads, it's like, you know, I mean, we're, we're selling clothes, you know, it's it's not for designers. It might be like a skate brand or something. That's the subculture. Like, you know, what? How do you? Where do you make long form content out of that? And I'm not going to document the process because, you know, I want it to be something that is actually catered for a skate audience. And, you know, I mean, do you, do you have anything to um, speak on that? Yeah, I would say that you need to dive in to the lifestyle and the culture of your brand. So if you are doing music, yeah. you know, document the music side of it and how that sort of would resonate with a music focused audience, whether that's mm. going on tour, whether that's doing pop-ups at shows or festivals or whatever, document the process of trying to get on that festival, trying to get on the bill, trying to get that shop there, how much it costs, how much it, whether it was worth it, whether it wasn't. There's loads of content. You can get people really pissed yeah. coming up to the store. Film them. That's a reel. Easy. You know, all this stuff, you know. just That's, like, a, that's a viral reel at that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can do loads of stuff like that. And let's say let's um, say it was something else, like something a bit more like 
urban hip hop type thing, then yeah, you can go yeah. to like some like grimier open mic type nights and set up a thing there and, you know, document the backstage scene, you know, give it that grimy treatment with the video content. There's loads of things. I think it's all about harnessing the lifestyle and the culture of the brand and the audience you're trying to tap into. And um, yeah, and building some content from that. And that's essentially what I'm driven by with what I'm doing because my audience in a sense on Instagram and, you know, it's all about like designers or, you know, people, people that may be inspired by the brand, people that want to get the products, people that want to start their brands, or, you know, and use the mockups or buy the digital assets and fonts. Those guys, essentially, um, I'm targeting them or you know, not intentionally targeting them like in an aggressive way, but, you know, it's a natural progression to put content mm. together that facilitates their interest. Absolutely. You know? I'm 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 such a big believer and preacher of that just like harnessing or understanding your target customers understanding their lifestyle and their interests and absolutely and mm. you mentioned earlier that it's not so much in your nature to be overly salesy and promotional and it was a little bit uncomfortable when um when starting that clothing brands you know when you're like you know oh we got some new products or whatever but i i think like it doesn't have to be like that especially and only when you know who you're targeting and their interests and lifestyle because it means you can go from a place of hey we're a skate brand buy our latest collection to hey we're a skate brand here's some like cool stuff of like people doing kick flips and stuff like you, yeah. you love to see this and here's like, um, yeah, immerse yourself in that culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it, it, it goes from like solely promotional content to then like creating entertainment, creating value, creating education. Like here's a kickflip, here's how to do a kickflip. And like, here's, here's how we, you know, set up our pop-up at the skate park. Like how, yeah, exactly. how cool yeah. is that? And, Get and, those and guys here's, to wear it. Yeah. You know, you know get them wearing it's your so stuff. Cool. Like, you know, down the park and stuff. And, you know, you've got yourself some content there. You've got yourself yeah. an influencer already. They're going to appeal to all their, you know, followers, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's loads of and, opportunities. And it, yeah. And I think that's it. Just being open-minded and dabbling in them and just being like, oh, that could work or this could work or maybe I'll try that. You know, just being open-minded yeah. and not too like, oh, should, should I do this? Should I not? Um, yeah, I've seen a couple of brands that have, um, you know, kind of started and not necessarily – survived because i guess they were just like expecting too much from just posting like a static visual and just yeah. hoping people would buy it you know yeah their their friends and family will probably buy it <laughs> but i guess um there's no real story behind the brand that makes you want to support it you know that's um, right yeah, yeah because so people was- latch on to a story they like they need something to identify with right that's and the brand like, yeah they're building a brand yeah Exactly. One one of the ideas that I've sort of uh, latched onto recently is that, like, uh, look, I'll, I'll use this. Uh, this is like a sort of a concept I sent out to my mailing list. This exact analogy, but like, you, you know how you have like a, a brewer, a brewery, and they might start like some branded, you know, clothing that is advertising for the drink, 
right? Mm. Where and and so the clothing is not the primary product, of course. We know it's the drink. It's just it's it's like a walking billboard for the drink. And but it's I I reckon it's the same for a clothing brand. Like we think that the clothing is the primary product, but it's not. It's the primary product is a lifestyle. And 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 the the clothing, the branding is just advertising for that lifestyle. Because you think, you know, you, we don't buy a brand like uh, Nike uh, because, you know, like because they're any better than anyone else in the market, you know. In mm-hmm. fact, I mean, like you said, you're, you're, you've got some premium, you know, there's some premium, like top quality clothing, but we will happily spend more on Nike's, you know, like mass production stuff because we identify with the lifestyle that they're selling. With the, yeah. you know, you want to have... be associated with it too. It's why people wear like band hoodies. Yeah. They want you to know that they're in that subculture. Like someone that's who wears it. something that's quite out there, like a Slipknot hoodie or something. And you're like, yeah, they want. They are wearing that because they want to be identified as that type of person. And um, same with like people that wear like, you know, Gucci and stuff. They want to people mm. to be like, oh, you're of a certain status. Um, yeah, and all all these all these sorts of things. Yeah, I find it fascinating. And I I remember seeing a, a so podcast, a podcast a, a while back. Um, what's his name? I can't remember the name of the guy, but it was Chris Doe who was interviewing him, and okay. um, and he was talking about like how, yeah, yeah, classic, good old Chris. Um, yeah, and uh, he was talking about they were talking about like brands, and he was talking about like hotels, like if you had like three hotels like you had um i don't know what your sort of budget hotels are in your you know in australia or whatever but we've got like travel lodge premier inn and holiday and those types of things do you have those right yeah i i i get get the gist yeah yeah but if you switched all the signs and you said right you're staying in this one you're staying in this one you're staying in this one no one would know that you'd switch the signs because none of them have a brand because they're all filtered by price you only stay in them because they're the cheapest one because they don't have a brand (laughs) Whereas if one of them that you walked into was like a really nice boutique, really cool ambient lighting, cocktails and stuff, just like good, good service. And, you know, the the staff are dressed a certain way and it gives a certain vibe. You'll be like, this isn't this budget hotel that you were talking about. You know, what was this? You know, it's out of context. But if they're like, yeah, and here's the bill for your experience and it's like five times the price, you'd be like, yeah, I guess, yeah, because the vibe was right. You're happy to pay that because you're paying for that experience. You're paying for that, yeah. that feeling and everything. And uh, and that's, that's the power right. of a brand. Yeah. This is why I like. I, I sort of – I'm with you. I sort of get where Instagram's going with just it's so focused and everyone going is so, so focused on video because – I mean, I, I'm a videographer. I'm a video guy, you know. So of course, I mean, this is my bias, of course. But mm. yeah, I think video can can just display so much more in the story, in that that can capture the lifestyle of a brand, you know. And yeah, I think you know, still images can do it, but only to some extent. Like you need that that long form content for people to. Um, you know, see so that they can become loyal to a brand so that they can identify with it. So they can, you know, so you can really get to the nitty gritty and, and, you know, sometimes you just need like that, you know, a few more frames in a second to, to be able to show, Hey, like we are the cocktail. We are the, you know, chauffeur. This is the nice experience here. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, I think, um, you know, and I know there'll be people watching or listening 
that are probably a little bit more driven by posting static stuff on Instagram, like we were talking about earlier versus reels. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think at the same time, it's good to be pushed in at the deep end. And, you know, if you yeah. want to stay on that platform, like, you know, learning something new is good. You know, I'm, I'm always happy to mm-hmm. learn something new. I think, uh, sometimes shakeups like this bring out the best. So, um, instead of seeing it yeah. as an opportunity to whinge, like see it as an opportunity to push yourself in something new, learn something new, stop getting complacent. Yeah. That's right. That's the thing when starting a clothing brand, you know, it's just a lot of the time it's a one man band to start or, you know, two mm. people, two friends, and they have to wear many hats, but it's not a bad thing because they learn a lot of the things that are going to be really helpful in the later days once you're seven, eight years in, you know. So um, absolutely. Video is a great skill to have because, I mean, I mean, I would know videographers are, <laughs> videographers are expensive, you know. So if you can do it yourself, all the better. Mm. I'm an absolute believer in that. <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah. That's yeah. it. And it's all just about having fun with it. That's the main thing. That's right, Yeah. Well, James, have you got any like final silver bullets for listeners? We're talking to streetwear brand owners. What do you got for them? I would just say the best of the um, best. Well, I, I would. I, I mean, some people just want to outsource it, and I guess if they are like uh, a little bit too busy, maybe don't take it in house. But I really see a lot of value in taking the whole process inside you know, in in-house and you know and just working on everything and you know doing your own quality checks and just not putting just not relying on another company to have as much um passion over your brand as you do and attention to detail yeah. because and i don't want to trash like print shops because there are some great print shops i've just been a little bit unlucky i think um in terms of picking people that are maybe um sort of motivated by quantity over quality when it comes to production which i understand because they're running a business and if that's fine and you're happy just to get stuff done as efficiently and cheaply as possible then that probably will suit but in terms of if you want to do something that's got that little notch higher then yeah sometimes i think it is good to take it in-house and yeah check out the youtube to learn learn from some mistakes and I think if I could say one thing about printing well, it doesn't necessarily matter so much about your technique with like the squeegee when you're printing. It's all about getting the screen set up properly, like in terms of its um, off contact and stuff. Like when, when you get that done, you can fix prints, which I didn't know. I was just like, once it's printed, it's printed. I was like, oh no, that's junk. Um, whereas I know <laughs> now that I can fix a print. Like I can re re um you know go over it again with a squeegee and i can like correct it if i've done a like a little bit higher you know like a bit more of an ink dump over there i know i can fix that out now so um yeah it's all about getting that off contact make your setup as good as it possibly can be and the prints will be as good as they can be you know um and i'm sure i've still got lots to learn but that was a big aha type moment for me when i was like got that set up i was like right this is so much easier now so uh yeah i would um i would wouldn't worry too much about the learning curve. Just get to yeah. that, get that set up as good as it can be. That's some good advice. I'd say it probably wouldn't be like in terms of the print shops and 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 those places like quantity over quality. It wouldn't be that much different in Australia. I mean, they got to do what they got to do. So, but I think that's like great advice and really practical as well with the um, printing. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you get like two, if you get like twenty thousand orders, then yeah, maybe you should outsource <laughs> that. 
Yeah. But like yeah. in terms of like doing something small, like a small little setup that most of us, you know, are doing, you know, if you're starting from humble beginnings, like, like most of us do, yeah. do it yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good thing to do it yourself as well. Like, again, there's another story there for your brand that you can tell. So absolutely. And it would be good. Yeah. Yeah. People love the behind the scenes and it'll only encourage loyalty as well. Yeah. And it's a labor of love, but you know, the love is there for sure. Yeah. If you're like that passionate about what you do. Yeah. Well, James, this has been so valuable. Like I I've so thoroughly enjoyed this conversation today. I really appreciate you coming on the street cred podcast and, um, being so uh, open about how you're going and how things are running for those who might want to buy a, a mock-up or check out your series where can they where can they find you so currently everything is at shop.studioandate.com if that changes in the future we'll put up some redirects but um yeah so so that's where you can get stuff um social media that again across the board is forward slash studio and eight so that's nice and easy to find um and yeah i'd say youtube instagram and the store that's where everything is most active um and feel free feel free to uh drop a dm as well always happy to bounce back on those i never never ghost them i always you know reply to them so yeah yeah great and james posts a lot of great resources as well that are perfect for any um listeners those that are running brands um yeah there's there's a lot of great stuff there i noticed you posted um yeah yeah that, that's how i found you in fact i think it was through an instagram reel on your series so yeah there's, oh, there's a lot yeah. of great stuff there if you're not yeah for listeners that, that don't want to watch the full series there's the little snippets like you said long form short form that's the way to go hey <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely well thank you very much mate i really appreciate being invited on this and uh it's a pleasure chatting with you no worries. Maybe we'll have you on again soon, sometime in the future. Maybe a little bit down the line when things have progressed. Yeah. Who knows? No, it sounds yeah. good. It sounds good. Yeah, we get to reflect and see where see yeah. where things have moved to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks very much, James. My pleasure, mate. Take it easy. Hey, you made it. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Street Cred. I hope you found it as valuable as I did. So where to from here? On my Instagram profile, I post daily streetwear fashion business tips. You can follow my page at Elijah Delport. For those who want that little bit extra, I invite you to join my mailing list. Every day I send free 60 second read emails used by streetwear brands internationally to sell more garments. For any videography or content strategy needs, you can inquire at winkfilms.com. We provide services specifically within the streetwear fashion industry. All links mentioned in today's episode will be listed in the show notes below. Okay, thank you for joining me today. And until next week, bye now.